Welcome to the Hyatt 9 News Hour, where you will hear from cannabis industry experts and professionals from around the country talk about important topics while shining light on global issues and discussing cannabis as it relates to politics, regulation and reform, data and technology, science, research and medicine, family and parenting, art, celebrities and entertainment, fitness, sports, mental health and wellness, and plant-based medicines and entheogenics. Together, we are building a stronger community, fighting the stigma and creating change. With your hosts, Jason Beck and Rico Lamite, joined by special industry expert correspondents from around the country and daily antics brought to you by Cannabis. Coming to you live every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific time and high noon on the East Coast. And thank you all for getting high at 9 with us. Welcome back. You are tuned in to High 9 News. Thank you for joining to not only get high with us at 9 today, but also high noon with everybody on the East Coast. My name is Rico Lamid, the dopest dad on the street, and it is Tuesday, February 28th. Today is National Public Sleeping Day, or pretty much every day downtown Los Angeles. Rare Disease Day, and unfortunately, hatred ain't one of those rare diseases. So, my special. National Pancake Day, and I'm more of a, a waffle man, but to each their own. National Floral Design Day, so get a little creative and mix some Delta 8 with that premium indoor, why don't you? And finally, National Tooth Fairy Day, unlike some folks that I know, she's been paying her debts on time since humans had teeth. Do the research. Everybody out there watching, please like, share, and hit subscribe button, and follow us at Hyatt 9 News across all social media platforms. We are live weekday mornings on YouTube and Twitch, audio only on Clubhouse. If you do choose the Clubhouse route, you can also participate in the show by raising your hand with a brief comment on the story presented. Getting things started today, y'all know who it is. He's a mint coat rocking private jet hopping, longest continually operating retailer in the game, Mr. Jason Beck himself. Oh, yeah. Good morning, Rico. How everyone is having an amazing day today. Happy, happy Tuesday. We, everyone, we made it through Monday. And I have some good news in this story. I have some second story that's a little bit of bad news, but we're going to start off with some good news story to get your day off on the right foot. Because a legislative panel approves funds to hold an adult-use marijuana vote. That's right. A joint legislative panel passed a bill on Monday that would give the Oklahoma State Election Board additional money to conduct the March 7th special election on adult-use marijuana. That's right. Meanwhile, a House panel advanced two similar but con conflicting bills dealing with election dates. Voters will go to the polls next week to vote on state question 820, that's 820, which asks them whether they want to legalize adult-use marijuana in the state, and supporters gathered enough signatures to get the question on the ballot. State voters legalized medical marijuana through a 2018 state question, and Governor Kate Stitt scheduled the special election for March 7th. Supporters had hoped to get in on the November 8th general election ballot, and holding a statewide special election will cost the state more than a million dollars. Senate Bill 1154 would give the Oklahoma State Board of Election Board an additional $850,000 and allow 
it to spend more than 300000 in unspent money from last year's allocations to pay the costs of holding the election. In a quote, it is it is what a statewide statewide cost, whether it is a special or regular statewide election, said Election Board Secretary Paul Zarax. It is generally always in that ballpark. It has been a long time since we've had a statewide special election. And SB 1154 passed the Joint Committee on Appropriations and Budget on Monday. And Zarax said he was... Uh, pleased that the Oklahoma legislature was moving quickly on the necessary supplemental appropriation. Supporters say SQ820 would safely legalize, regulate, and tax adult use marijuana for adults aged 21 and older, and supporters say its passage would provide revenue to schools, health care, and organizations and local governments. The question also would allow for expungement at low-level marijuana criminal records. The Oklahoma Republican Party Central Committee is asking voters to oppose State Question 820. In a uh, Monday letter to the state committee members, the Oklahoma GOP leader said, first, SQ820 would bind the hands of schools, communities, and property owners by restricting fines for smoking marijuana in public and further mandates that landlords must allow tenants to use marijuana, which remains illegal under federal law um, on the landlord's property. The letter also notes that the measure would not allow evidence of marijuana use or current restriction of marijuana use in child custody cases. In unrelated action, the House Elections Committee advanced two bills dealing with election dates, but only after the intervention of Speaker Pro Tem Kyle Herbert, Republican from Bristow. HB 2685 by Representative Neil Hayes, Republican from Chicota, which limits the dates on which municipalities and other political subdivisions could hold regular elections in odd number years to the second Tuesday in August and the first Tuesday after the first Monday in November. It would eliminate December elections and reserve other dates for special elections called by the governor. HB 1823 by Representative Cherie uh, Conley, Republican from Newcastle, would move municipal school board and certain other general elections to June and November of odd numbered years. And both bills would seem to conflict with most city charters, including Tulsa's and change all or most municipal elections. The Oklahoma Municipal League, which represents most states, state cities and towns, opposes both measures, and HB 2685 originally failed on a four-to-four tie, but Hubert joined the meeting as an ex-officio member during presentation of HB 1823, which passed six-to-three with his help. HB 2685 then passed five-to-four on reconsideration, with Hilbert breaking the tie. The bill is apparent that the bills apparently have the backing of at least at least some county Republican parties that believe changing school board election dates will increase conservative tone t- turnout. And both bills are now eligible to be heard by the full house. Well, it looks like there's going to be a big election coming up uh, in just a few days and just about a week from now. And whether or not Oklahoma will pass Adult use cannabis. What do you all have to say? This is Jason Beck reporting for High at Nine News. Oh, Oklahoma. Um, I met with a state rep while I was there. Um, I think uh, you didn't mention his name, but when I was there last year for Canacon, Oklahoma, um, and my biggest concern for Oklahoma, like I expressed to him, 
they have a real opportunity to have a, a good market there uh, if they pay attention to things like terpene testing uh, and utilizing the real benefits of using the plant. Um, this this particular elected official said that everybody's only concerned with THC. And, and unfortunately, that was due to his limited understanding of the plant. He is not a consumer, but he has a strain named after him. Um, so I, I think that uh, they have an opportunity to um, uh, allow a lot of growers and small growers and small craft growers to flourish in Oklahoma um, and, and keep the MSOs out of there. But I don't I don't know if if they go adult use, if they're going to go about it in the right way. I, I just don't know. I'm concerned. Well, I mean, Oklahoma does have the best uh, gun laws when it comes to cannabis and they have the most probably the freest market next to New York currently going on right now. But the freest. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's the closest to two fifteen days that I've seen in a long time. And I mean, they even they even fought metric on allowing metric to come into their state to do track and trace. So metric is bullshit, dude. We all know that. What do you I know I know Matthew St. Germain has some thoughts on this. Oh, I was just gonna say no one can fool metric. I, I think that uh, you know, further path towards legalization and destigmatization is what we need, especially when we think back to that story yesterday about the rampant sex trafficking going on at a lot of these trim scenes, you know, the more uh, legalization, the more accountability, the more visual uh, visualization by folks we get, that that seems better for the industry. Although you can still grow your own weed in your backyard if you want. Yes. Yeah, I think it's kind of a no-brainer. They need to move forward with it and just legalize it. And then uh, they'll have a lot less issues that they that they claim to have currently. But That they, they, that they claim mm -hmm. to have. They claim to have. So. I mean, there's there, there is a lot of issues. I mean, there's a lot of robberies going on in Oklahoma. There's a lot of there, the, the, the sheriff's has conducting over a thousand investigations and cultivations out there. But they claim to have um, a lot of those issues will go. I wouldn't say they, they'll go away, but you'll have a lot more access into what's really um, sourcing the issues is what I mean, man. Oh, sourcing the issues, huh? So, so yeah, you have to the root. The root of those issues will be fleshed out. Yeah, your issues, huh? Jeff, we have Jeff Schultz, an attorney from New York, with us today. What do you have any thoughts on this, Jeff? I I'm shocked that adult use isn't legal in Oklahoma. Like, really? I can't I mean, believe they have a market at all. Is isn't it kind of by default though with how loose their medical program is? No, I, I think it's ironic that that we're actually that that we're that we're pushing for adult use in order to regulate it a little bit more than it's being regulated now. Mm -hmm. uh, that's the state of Oklahoma, but I live in New York, so you know I can tell you that <laughs> pretty much the same market over here. We're just on the consumer end of it. <laughs> I mean, and and I want to do a little bit of pushback on 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 uh, on the Republicans on on this one that are putting together this letter saying that they should not support this measure because of those ways that I mentioned the letter. And I just would encourage them to remember that you guys are supposed to be the party of freedom and you are not the party of freedom when you are dictating what people can do with a plant and dictating what people can do in their own homes, whether or not they own them or rent them. Word to that. When has the, the Republican Party been the party of freedom? Well, they, they are, they're the only party of freedom. It's either the party of communism or the party of freedom. Nah, man. I think your hat's on too tight, Jason. What, <laughs> what Jason? No. That's oh, 
The Republican Party is the party of freedom when it is convenient for them. We can have Beckys. What I'd like to see is a is a third party that's just into shutting down military bases and building bridges and feeding Americans. We have to dismantle the two party system if we want anything like that to happen. You know that. Yes, sir. Agreed. Oh God, here we go. You know that. <laughs> you know that. Jason, you're such a hippie. Look at you, bro. Come on. Hello, Jason. Come on. Come on over. Come on. We got a space for you, bro. <laughs> Yeah, no. Follow the light, Jason. Follow the light. <laughs> that is not the light, Carolyn. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, the, the, the light is following me to the bank to for the source of capitalism. That's that's the light. The free oh the free God. market. Yeah. All this, yeah. Other, all this other commie talk you guys got going on. I love this character you play, Jason. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I, I'll, I'll definitely like to see a, um, um, uh, another sequel of Weekend at Bernie's where he runs for office featuring <laughs> Jason Beck. Bernie can run? <laughs> Weekend at Becky's. Bernie's oh. dead. Okay, let's move. Let's move. Yeah, yeah we got we, we, we to go to a Be right back, it. everybody. At True Classic OG... We live by one motto, stay true. We stay true to our legacy cut of true OG that's always fresh, piney, gassy, and delicious. We represent the spirit and hustle and diversity of our great city of angels, and we stay true to the spirit of this plant, doing everything in-house to ensure that you get the highest quality and consistency with every batch. And that's what made us LA's favorite OG. True Classic OG. Stay true, Los Angeles. Oh, yeah. Coming up next. That's right. It is the dope dad himself, Rico Lameet. When Rico is not doing daddy daycare type of stuff, playing dress up and hopping in just to play with little Zozo, you can find him. Over here at High at Nine News playing dress up where all of a sudden today he is. That is right. Rico Flair. Woo! Tell you one thing, Jason. That's my mic. <laughs> Y'all can hear me okay? All good. Oh, yeah. You know, Jason, my story today is coming from Florida. Your favorite state, Jason Beck. Because you know what? They're all about freedom, and they're all about erectile dysfunction. According to Ric Flair, they're going to be having uh, cannabis for erectile dysfunction coming out of two, uh, Tyson 2.0. And guess who's going to be the face of it? Ric Flair! Woo! Over the past few years, we have seen hundreds of millions of dollars worldwide poured into cannabis research. It seems damn near every week now we see new studies conducted globally by scientists, doctors, medical researchers, and PhD students from top universities scientifically confirming the many, uh, many truths those of us on one side of the cannabis industry or the other have known for years. Cannabis can be effective for treating eczema, anxiety, easing menstrual pains, cataracts, insomnia, addiction, sometimes even cancer. This new information all but verifies generations of folk tales that have heaped praise on the healing abilities of cannabis. 
And even though majority of our ancestors will never get the credit they deserve for their discoveries, data-driven proof is necessary for moving the needle forward politically. But it should also be known that in the midst of countless positive medical results produced by scientific studies, there are also plenty conflicting data. Confusing at best, disappointing at worst, for sufferers of ailments like laziness, athletic performance, and erectile dysfunction. That last one, it's a doozy. Over 30 million men in America are currently suffering from erectile dysfunction. It's a silent epidemic negatively impacting many aspects of men's lives beyond sexual performance. It's led to a crisis of confidence in our men. America has seen what the lack of confidence can do. It ain't pretty. While ED falls and fails to get a rise out of millions, in the pant region, that is, some say that it did lead to the rise of confidence man himself, Donald Trump. And who cares about facts when you say things with your chest? America don't care. Give our men back their confidence. Who cares? Countless studies have supported both sides of the effect cannabis has when used to treat erectile dysfunction. America don't care. America just needs another confidence man to sell us on the dream that it does. Someone with enough confidence to make America hard again. And who better to fill that role than the Rolex wearing, diamond ring wearing, kiss stealing, wheeling and dealing, limousine riding, jet flying, son of a gun, whoo! Nature boy himself, that's right y'all. Almost exactly one year ago, March of the year 2022, Rick Flair and Mike Tyson joined forces for a new cannabis line. Tyson 2.0 acquired a majority stake in Rick Flair Drip Incorporated. And last weekend, one year later, on Sirius XM's busted open radio, the Nature Boy dropped in to talk about his new Rick Flair Drip cannabis line under the Tyson umbrella. And how it will soon be improving the lives of millions of American men, starting in the confidence man capital of the world, Florida. Let's hear the nature boy talk his shit. He said, my line drops here in Florida where you still have to have a medical card to get it. And as far as going and lecturing and talking about it, no, I'm talking about me not being that knowledgeable, and there's a lot to learn about cannabis. They're going to have a cannabis for erectile dysfunction, and guess who will be the face of that? Woo! <laughs> y'all ready to get y'all confidence back? This is Rico Lamita, the dopest dad on the street, and uh, I'd like to hear from you, Jason. What you, what you, what you think about this? I mean, I, I, think, I, I think you can definitely audition for the spoof commercial for this, for this flower for sure. Without, without a doubt, without a doubt, I love the I love the wig and 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 the glasses. This is definitely, definitely, you know what I'm saying. Some Ric Flairdom. With the, you look with more the yourself than ever, Rico. Yeah, amen, amen. Yeah, you should, you I have dress. I have no words. I have no words right now. Um, except except that uh, Donald Trump would probably be a great spokesperson for this. He's very confident. He's very confident. How, how, do, you, how do you? Why? Why? What makes you say that, Nicole? I mean, based it, he's London, Florida, um, and you know that's that's Trump country. So, 
So I think that it would go over well with followers if they heard it from him that using this for their ED is safe and and effective. But you don't you don't think Ric Flair has a similar following in Florida? Uh, I feel like Ric Flair's following is more like Vegas, kind of. Like I don't know, maybe well, I guess Flair lives in Florida. Ric Flair lives in Florida too. Oh, he does. Okay, well then. Oh yeah, he's, he's huge sure. from the WCW days. Yeah, and he's the he's the private jet flying, alligator wearing. You know what I mean? Kid feeling. You know, your wife oh. wants to be with me, styling and dialing. You know. Yeah. They call me Reek Flair. Oh boy, Reek Flair. <laughs> but would you but would you but would you buy erectile dysfunction THC pills <laughs> from Rick Flair? <laughs> if I had erectile dysfunction, I would probably try it. Dude, I, do, I, I do that when I'm smoking I, joints with my friends. They love it. You know, I'm just like passenger. I'm like, dude, I'm just so hard right now, you guys. This is oh, a good boy. weed. <laughs> I mean, do, do you think that this is actually going to work, dude? It, I mean, cannabis no. does like get you in your body, and it what? and it and it raises your blood pressure a little bit, and it makes you know uh, tactile uh, sensation greater, and so there could be a a, a chance of that. Number there's, one there's, thing for erectile dysfunction, though, just for men, is is uh, hardcore cardio three to five days a week and Kegel exercises every day. All of that stuff too. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Hold on. What's, no, what's Kegel the, muscles are from Kegel. Kegel exercises are from men as well. Okay. So not not Kankle, but Kegel. Kegel muscles, like Kegel like you're trying to like you try to stop crazy. your pee without with without touching it, like a magic trick. And those, stop, those are the muscles. Hold on, like, look, like, look, like, look, like, I'm doing it right now, you guys. Ew, yuck! I can't pee. <laughs> I can't see it. <laughs> you're, telling me, you're telling me it's good to hold your pee, Rico or Matthew? No, no, but no to flex that muscle. You do like a hundred flexes like that, and then you do a hundred where you hold it for ten seconds. Then you hold it for a hundred seconds. And what I do, I do it all the time. If I'm doing like emails or I'm driving around, dude, I'm just like, oh, look, I'm doing it again. Gross. Uh, I'm doing it again uh, right now. There's nothing gross about it, and women do it all oh, I'm just goofing, the time. Yeah, yeah. Yes, ma'am. All the time. Um, and anywhere in church, it doesn't matter. Now the the other thing, tighten up for Jesus. Tighten up for Jesus. All of it. Tighten, tighten up in general. You gotta go. You gotta tighten up so you can go home and make Sunday dinner and make sure your husband has Sunday dessert. The Lord don't like those <laughs> ladies. So, oh, <laughs> the thing is, the thing is, it, it, he can't put claims on this type of packaging without some type of something to back it up, right? As a lawyer, isn't, isn't there like restrictions on what kind of claims you can? Because we know that RSO kills cancer cells, but we're not allowed to put that on the packaging. I'm going to let Jeff take this one because he's the lawyer in the room. What do you have to say about this, Jeff? Uh, it's the beauty of uh, not being regulated by the FDA yet, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, they can try to stop you, right? They they, they, they went after, uh, you know, remember when they asked after Cureleaf uh, really early post-farm bill, like 2018, 2019? Um, yeah, that was my first thought. Obviously, I was like, I'm gonna just rain on everybody's parade and sorry, I'm gonna shit your Cheerios this morning, but I don't know if he's gonna be able to make those claims. Right. Someone's gonna try to stop him, right? Exactly. I mean, if, 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 if it is uh, if it's classified under um, supplements, he would be able to say this, shit, right? And, and just put on the uh, label, so like that means it's a, a CBD product, it's a Delta yeah. 9. The CBD product. Ooh. Okay. Someone put in the chat. It's uh, it's uh, yeah, Delta Nine Inch. 
Del- I was gonna ah, beat me to it. Beat me to it. Beat me to it. <laughs> but this is a THC product that he's trying to promote and and say that it can cause can help with erectile dysfunction, right? Not. Yeah, not, not not if he just says it'll make you hard again. It's, 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 and, I mean, he he is all yeah he he is already um, a well versed in uh in erectile and ED pills because he was working for uh, he was a spokesman for Hims uh, all up until last year selling mm-hmm. ED pills. So, Someone's um, gonna stop him from saying it. Nature boy, he can't stop the nature boy. He's a force well, what about the First Amendment, Jeff? When it comes to that. Well, you can, you know, you could, you could say again, you, there, there are limitations to the First Amendment when you're, you know, when you are uh, in a regulated business or when, when you're pitching business. products, you're saying. Was that? Well, when you're when you're product? pitching when you're pitching a federally illegal substance, it's a controlled substance, and so when you're claiming that this controlled substance that is illegal in the eyes of the federal government can help with your ED and going and that means that your product which is federally illegal it works better than all of the federally approved um, drugs that are on the market you're going to have some issues right you're going to have issues from well you're going to yeah correct right you're going to have issues whether it's legal or not you're going to have issues if you make a claim well, i mean would you would you buy them jason already said if i had that problem i would buy them i try them out just to see i may even do a do 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 a video and the, you know like a review <laughs> <laughs> you and uh you and you and saint germain can do a kegel <laughs> a kegels <laughs> demo. give us a demo on your only fans <laughs> oh only fans are popping you guys <laughs> we got to keep it moving though. This was uh, great, great, Rico. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I think it would be. I think it'd be a perfect product for uh, Ric Flair to push out there. And uh, man, like <laughs> the shit doesn't. It, there's no scientific backing behind it. So I mean, whatever. People are gonna buy anything from whoever they want to buy it from. So that's my. Well, thank take. you for that lovely story, Rico. So I just hope. I just hope that it's in like some very packaging. Ooh, we'll go yeah, it'll be some interesting packaging to say the least. Yeah, yeah right, it better bro. not be in like a mylar bag. <laughs> it'll be in a condom wrapper. <laughs> Coming up next, she's a patient, plant medicine advocate, founder of Purple Plant Magic. And on Wednesday mornings, you can catch her live on Power 88 Las Vegas as the Encyclopedia. Come to the stage next. Y'all know who it is. It's Nicole Buffon. Well, thank you so much for that lovely introduction, Rico Suave. Um, today, I am covering a story that I know Rico covered a couple weeks ago. Uh, Jaja, could you bring up uh, Chandler Cooks? He should be in our clubhouse room. Um, I, he is mentioned in this article, and I'd love to get his feedback on this story. So uh, a couple weeks ago, Jason covered the story about Las Vegas in Nevada, the city council um, decided to uh, postpone their vote on some of the uh, legislation that they were initially going to pass uh, because of groups like the Chamber of Cannabis that came and made comments about what they think that the, the city of Las Vegas should do. And because of those comments, those public comments, the city of Las Vegas decided to hold off that vote until March 1st, tomorrow. Um, and so in the meantime, in the two weeks um, since then, they've, they held a stakeholders meeting last week that I was on um, where they discussed that 
the separation, the distant separation um, legislation or uh, recommendation that they had uh, would be able to be waived. Um, so they did decide to do that. They did to say that there would be exceptions made. But the issue is that <clears throat> some of these applicants, these social equity and independent applicants have to submit by the end of March where their location is going to be. And if they apply for a certain location and then the city comes back and says, oh, no, we're going to deny your request, um, that's, that doesn't work for them. That doesn't work for their timeline and trying to open and to abide by the CCB's regulations. Uh, so I have Chandler Cooks up. I, I want to get him to speak on this matter because he was also in the stakeholders meeting. Um, and I'd love to get his thoughts as a social equity applicant who did receive a provisional license from the state of Nevada as a social equity applicant, um, what his thoughts are on trying to find a location and what did he think of the stakeholders meeting? What, what, were, his, what were his thoughts? Chandler, are you there? Yes, good morning, I'm here. Thank you for joining um, us today so much. Yeah, yeah, thank you, thank you. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been pretty hectic these past few weeks um, after that stakeholders meeting, trying to have conversations with the council to um, you know, have them reconsider adopting these regulations um, so that they've adopted or they're trying to adopt a regulation that would require a thousand foot distance for, um, between consumption lounges. And not only is that, you know, bad for, you know, our business, but economically it's it's bad. Um, Public safety. Yeah, public safety as well. That's that's a huge one. You know, when we think of bars, they have bars right next door to each other to promote responsible consumption. So you don't have to drive. And if we're going to, you know, follow the track, Nevada um, has they've they've been very consistent with comparing cannabis with alcohol. So um, you know, we shouldn't be dis although I don't agree with that, we shouldn't be discriminating against cannabis just, you know, because is proven to be so much of a higher revenue um, industry. Uh, so, and then yeah. the other concern, the other concern, right, Chandler, was the licensing fees. Like they want to charge you all license fees based on how much money you're making, which is ridiculous. They should be, they should all, they should have a flat fee, just like they do for bars, just like they do for the, um, for any of the wedding chapels, all of those things that attract people to Las Vegas, because we really are trying to create a new Amsterdam in Las Vegas. That's what they're calling us, the Amsterdam of the West, the new Amsterdam of the West. Um, and so that was another issue, right, Chandler, them trying to base your licensing fees off of a percentage of profit? Yeah, that is just ridiculous. You know, it, it's they're how greedy um, you know, government is in this industry. You know, we're already being taxed out the ass before we even, you know, can make a dime. So for them to be, you know, making this a revenue-based model um is, you know, outright ridiculous. Um, but I do want to touch on the new Amsterdam thing because um it's a double-edged sword when we when we when we say these things because in Las Vegas, um, our council, not all of the council members, are supportive of cannabis, and nor do they want cannabis in their wards. Um, so when we put the image of a new Amsterdam, it gives the thought that you know this is sort of like a centralized district where cannabis consumption is, and we want that. We want that to be permitted. But we don't want that to be 
the goal, because we don't want to restrict cannabis consumption to a certain area, right? We don't want the art district or downtown to be the only place where people have to go to consume cannabis, right? That makes it so much harder for people, you know, to travel and it's just not, you know, accessible. And, and it's difficult for the business owners, right? And when we're all trying to be in this new Amsterdam, downtown is expensive, right? We're all not going to, especially as a social equity applicant, we are not all going to be able to be in this new Amsterdam area. Um, so yes, I am for it. I'm, I'm certainly in support of it because I think that would definitely drive business and it makes sense. Um, but we also have to be considerate of those social equity applicants who just aren't going to be able to be in that lounge and in that uh, downtown district area and convince these um, council people that cannabis isn't something that needs to be discriminated against. It doesn't need to be hidden and it doesn't need to be just thrown in a tourist district, right? There are people who truly need this and there are social, there is an applicant who plans on opening a consumption lounge geared towards those medical patients, right? So that of course is not going to be something in a downtown touristy area. That's going to be more of a neighborhood right. thing. And that has to be considered um, and it's just really difficult to get these council members to agree on that because all they're seeing is money. Um, Chandler, thank you so joining us today. Your thoughts and your um, consideration on this is valuable because you are in it. You're in the midst of it as a social equity license winner. So thank you again. Thank you for all your work that you've been doing with CEIC um, Nevada. And uh, I want to shout out to the Chamber of Cannabis as well, doing the work on the ground. If you're interested in weighing in on this issue, because you, the tourists, may, you might not live in Las Vegas, but you that visit Las Vegas, your, your input is valuable. And so if you're interested in weighing in, um, emailing these city council members that are going to be taking a vote on this tomorrow, please reach out to me, Nicole, at, at purpleplantmagic.com. Um, or you can hit me up on Instagram at purpleplantmagic, and I can make sure to get you to the right uh, people, get you the right email addresses. You make your comment, make a public comment, so we can get this information to them by tomorrow when before they make their vote. Thanks so much. This is Nicole Buffong reporting for Hyatt 9 News. Thanks, y'all. I have a question for Chandler. Chandler, are you still with us? Yes, I am. Um, so, so what you you mentioned that they're putting proposing a thousand foot buffer zone between sensitive land uses. What are all the sensitive land uses that they are men are mentioning in this bill? So there would be the state has already set theirs at fifteen hundred feet away from a non restricted gaming license, um, three hundred feet away from a school, community park, or any other community facility or church. And, yeah, or church. Um, and then the city has thrown on the additional 1,000 foot distance away uh, from consumption lounges. From each other, from each other, other consumption lounges. Correct. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Because with city, city land use attorneys, um, when 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 they're preparing to allow cannabis into the city, they have either one or two type of perspectives. Is one sparse amount, so they're throughout the city. Um, so then that way, everyone has access to it, regardless of what part of the city you reside in. And the other thought is put them all into one area, into one kind of like industrial zone for that. And so they are going with the spread them out model. And but there there is no mention of there of 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 of, of a distance requirement from a dispensary. Correct, Chandler? Well, the concern is see, see the problem is that um, the dispensaries who have opted in to have a consumption lounge, they are 
already fall within these parameters. So if it, you can't be within a distance from a, a thousand feet distance from a dispensary that's going to open a consumption lounge, according to this law and regulation. Got it. So if you can imagine all these dispensaries is going to be 20 of them that have signed up to get to get a lounge. 20 of them have already are already in locations that are within these parameters. And so you would have to be a thousand from that dispensary. As I see, I see, I see the problem. I see exactly what you're, what you're referring to, Nicole is basically what you're saying is that, is that by these being designated with a thousand foot, that limits the green zone of where you can actually open one of these businesses. If you're someone new to the market, if you're independent and not a dispensary, right. And if that law goes in, if that goes into, uh, um, if it goes into play, then they're stifling uh, competition as well. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. The dispensaries are going to be for market. These independent lounge license holders have to wait because they're still trying to find locations. Right. Independent yeah. lounge has to be a, a tough business because you're basically running a restaurant without having the ability to run a restaurant. And it, you can't buy wholesale food. You can't buy wholesale liquor. Like for using an, uh, the restaurant as an example, you have to buy all of your products from the dispensary. Yeah, it's crazy. Crazy. What do you think about that, Jeff? Any thoughts? Oh man, it doesn't. I I would love I would love for this to work. I don't see um, I don't see how you uh, I don't see a profitable business model in there. I don't either. No, I don't either. Sense. But but in regards to them charging a, a fee um, as part as part as the licensing fee you mentioned, Nicole and, and yeah. Chandler, the the fee would be based off of revenue amount that you do. I'm yes. assuming. That would be yes. in regards to the amount of, um, of of cannabis that you sell there. Yeah, because yeah, because you know some of these places they can't sell alcohol, so you might be you might have a membership type of platform where people are members and they you know that you get a revenue from there. But otherwise, you're selling food and drinks um, and non-alcoholic drinks um, to try to create revenue. Uh, but they're not they're not um, charging any other business in the city with that same fee like um fee scale everybody oh, I, else gets a flat rate why are you doing this to cannabis i have uh, a fee based on revenue yes that last that's last i checked that's called tax yeah <laughs> i mean i mean not a business licensing fee. i would call it I, I would call that a partnership with the city that's a business partnership as far as i'm concerned if 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 if, if my my fees are based off of off of how well i do because right, because so, it's so the, the city share. should be in making share. sure that I have a successful business, and part of that, part of that should be I don't have to buy weed from the middleman. I should be able to buy my product from Mr. Manufacturer. Yeah, you should be exactly. I I 100% agree with that. I do not think that you should you consumption lounges should be forced to purchase from retail. That just doesn't make any sense and makes it At extremely all. higher for the consumer, which makes less people shop there. Well, and that's the biggest the opposite of what happens at the club down the street. It's yeah. the opposite that's, of spending yeah, ten right. grand at a club for a three hundred dollar bottle of vodka. Exactly. Right. You know, what, it's what the mean, no it's the only way you'll be able to make money there is if you have what like live performances from people. You're gonna have to be very creative. And like Chandler said, there's some of these consumption lounges that don't want it to be, you know, a tourist trap. They're trying right. to consider the patients and who really want to have wellness around using their plant that might live in an apartment where they can't in their apartment or 
might live somewhere with a, and have kids and can't consume it there. And so they're looking for alternative ways of consuming education, those type of resources. And so the city is looking at it with greedy hands out, like, oh, we just want money because we know how many tourists you're going to attract. They're not thinking about viability of the actual business, especially for these independent um, license winners. There's going to be more problems down the road. Well, if you're in Nevada, make sure that you get down there and send your vote in. And you said even even tourists, you said this the city council even listens to tourists. Most well, city uh, councils don't, don't care what city. Only but this care is about Las Vegas. People. This is Las Vegas. This is a different animal. Everything is focused around tourism. Everything is focused around, you know, the tourist industry. And we know the type of revenue that cannabis has brought to the city and to the state. We've been watching it for the last five years. Um, and, and when we say the, um, that Las Vegas can be the Amsterdam of the West, we know what cannabis tourism will bring to the state. We saw it through the pandemic. That's why cannabis was named an essential business through the pandemic I because of the value that, that it is, That is very true. Governor, uh, governor was quick on that. Quick, quick, quick yep. on that. We got a. This is a fantastic story, Nicole. Thank you so much for covering this. And Chandler, thank, thank you all. for joining us. For um, joining us. We're going to go to a commercial. We're going to be right back. I think that ad was filmed at a new outdoor consumption lounge in Las Vegas, but I'll digress. Uh, the thoughts and opinions in general overall shade thrown on High at Nine News are those of individual speakers and not those of any other speaker or its followers. The statements made do not constitute legal or accounting advice, and our speakers make no representation regarding the legal status of any substance in any country, area, territory, or any authorities. The views expressed in this room do not establish any fiduciary relationship, and our sponsors do not imply or constitute any endorsement by us or the expression of any opinion whatsoever on the part of any speaker on stage. If you're an easily offended person, this show is probably not for you. Also, maybe you should go and try some of new Ric Flair's weed and get back up again. When you want to grow some of the best weed in the world, then you must start with the best genetics in the world. Go to www.dnagenetics.shop to order regular feminized or autoflower beans. All of your favorite DNA genetics cultivars such as Kosher Kush, Skywalker Kush, and oh yeah, Chocolate Truffle Shuffle. Boasting more cannabis awards for their award-winning genetics than any other company in the world. Remember to go to www.dnagenetics.sa H-O-P to see why our Terps don't lie. He is a immortal cannabis wizard and co-host of the What's Good podcast. Here to drop timely knowledge and truth bombs alike on the globally clueless masses. Y'all know who it is. Matthew St. Germain. Whoa. Thanks, Rico. Still getting my new setup set up here i got a great one out of virginia uh republicans in virginia are going backwards on cannabis virginia uh, made history in 2021 as the first southern state to legalize adult use cannabis 
Still, the state's progress could come to a screeching halt with Republican lawmakers moving to defund the state's cannabis regulatory agency, the Cannabis Control Authority, and killing a regulatory bill that would have helped launch the state's adult use market. These actions have generated uncertainty in the industry and put the future of legal cannabis sales in Virginia in, in jeopardy. The move by Virginia's Republicans to defund the CCA and halt regulatory efforts for the state's adult use market highlights one of the most significant issues with cannabis policy in the United States, the two-party system. With each party taking a different stance on cannabis, the future of legalization and regulation can change drastically depending on which party is in power. Virginia's situation is a perfect example of how a change in government can bring about swift changes in cannabis policy. Virginia had a limited medical marijuana program since 2020 before legalizing adult use in 2021. The legalization bill was signed into law by the state's former governor, a Democrat, with sales expected to begin on January 1st of 2024. However, with the new governor, a, Rep a Republican in power, Virginia's future with cannabis is in jeopardy. The Republican governor has shown more interest in regulating products containing intoxicating hemp-derived cannabinoids like Delta-8 than implementing an adult-use market. The acting head of the CCA told Richmond TV station that the, e the agency was caught off guard by the potential budget cuts, adding they could undermine the regulation of medical cannabis and initiatives that address public health risks associated with marijuana legalization. In addition to defunding the CCA, Virginia's Republican-controlled State General Assembly Committee killed a bill to regulate the state's impending adult-use market. The bill was sponsored by a Democrat, State Admin uh, Senator Admiral Admiral. Adam Eben, and was designed to help launch the state's adult use market by figuring out key regulatory details. With the bill being killed, it's now unclear how the state is going to move forward. A bipartisan approach to marijuana policy would increase public support for legalization and regulation. According to a recent Gallup poll, 68% of Americans support legalization, and the number is ex only expected to grow. If both parties work together to create sensible policies, they would be more likely to gain public support for their efforts. The future of Virginia's cannabis industry is uncertain, but it's clear that it is facing significant challenges from the re current Republican Party. The proposed budget amendment to defund the CCA by nearly 70 percent is just the latest attack on the industry in Virginia. However, there is hope for the future. Uh, Democrats are still fighting for the industry's growth in Virginia, and there are signs that public support for marijuana legalization and regulation is growing. If the two sides can work together to create sensible policies, Virginia, Virginia's cannabis industry could become a model for other states to follow. As the cannabis industry continues to grow and expand, policymakers at all levels of government must come together to create sensible and sustainable regulations that benefit both the industry and the public. The political climate may be uncertain, but with the right approach, progress can still be made toward a future where legal cannabis is a reality for all Americans. This is St. Germain for the Hyatt 9 News on Tuesday, and it looks like I'm shrinking. <laughs> oh, you know what? Uh, who's in charge down there? What's that? <clears throat> what are you trying who's to get out of there, VA, man? Who's in charge? Republicans. What? And, Just um, because the Republicans want to get a handle on the erratic Delta, they want to get a, they want to get a, they want to get a handle. Oh, good spin, Jason. Yeah. Model yeah. before before they bring in the adult use market, they want to make sure that they can oh, before. I'm only upset that Gretchen isn't here to fucking feel that heat as well because the fucking Republicans can't do shit right. And your boy Glenn Youngkin got hired. He got fucking elected on some save the children fear mongering bullshit because that's the only way they can fucking win down there. And, and as fucked up as the law was before with uh, Ralph Northrum, his uh, predecessor, as fucked up as it was, they pushed it out. They were pushing out the actual opening 
of uh, um, of dispensaries and everything to 2024 so they could figure shit out in the interim. And guess what happens? Republicans come in and they blow up everything and ain't shit going to go move uh, move forward now at all. Well, I know because they have to get a hold on this erratic D8. (laughs) (laughs) Some bullshit. Way to stand your talking points. What do you think about this one, Jeff? Not at all. What do you think about this, Jeff? Virginia. You're not too far away. Give me a reason why they why the why they're why they're fighting this, and then I'll give you a reason why legal. That's 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 why I'm telling you is because Governor Yunkin wants to get a hold on the Delta Eight situation before he puts in the regulated marketplace. Isn't isn't Virginia for lovers? Isn't What's Virginia that? for lovers? Shouldn't they introduce um, Rico's? Yeah, shouldn't okay. they introduce Rico's? Um, uh, I mean Rico Flair's ED medicine there, like. The, the governor probably needs some pussy. That's probably what's oh. going on. His Patagonia tech vest is on a little too tight. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like they just—they're not very cannabis uh, friendly. And um, like I said, I, I, I say multiple times, man. Like too many of my homeboys down in VA ended up locked up two years minimum for just having their car smelling like weed. So it, it, it does not surprise me. It saddens me, but it does not surprise me that the first thing that the Republicans do when they get back in power is roll the fucking clock backwards. So motherfuckers well, can't get. I mean, I think I think basically uh, Governor Youngkin is trying to trying to protect his state from becoming New York. That, that sounds like the opposite of freedom to me. That sounds like the opposite of freedom to me, Jason. The Republican Party was the party of freedom. That doesn't sound like freedom to me. That sounds like a nanny state, and that sounds like fascism. The Republican Party is the party for freedom for adult white Christian males. If you're a woman, no freedom. If you're black, no freedom. If you're a drug-using degenerate, no freedom. If you're a good white American male, freedom. All the freedom you want. Buy guns. Say whatever words you want. Let's bring back the statues of our Confederate heroes. How about that? Bring back these these traitor hero statues stop that we had stop everywhere. It, stop it! Stop like, it! You know, but just wants to Mariko, not just to not just continue to lead dunk on 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 Jason here. Like the thing I like to highlight is this: the Republican Party uses uh, institutionalized white supremacy, white fear, and hardcore Christianity to give all the money to the millionaires and the corporations. That's Conversely, right. the Democrats use social issues and. And and hold up black folks and LGTP, uh, LGBTQIA folks and and others and promote social justice, but it's just to give money to the corporations of Wall yeah. Street. That's they're right. both they're doing all... the same thing. Same thing. They're hoodwinking us to put all of these other divisions on so they can continue economic warfare and class stratification against us. And what we really yeah. need to do is Please, reach across the you. aisle to we need to reach across the aisle to our friends who we don't completely agree with, but whose hearts yes. are in resonance with us, like my friend Jason Beck. And we need yes. to form a coalition of people and, and find where we can build bridges and what we share so we can stop giving all the goddamn money to Wall Street and the corporations, I think. It sounds like the United Empowerment Party to me. Yes, oh, I like that. Really cool. Join up, because that's where we're going, yeah, you guys. Yeah. Sky's the limit. I think, I think America needs to wake up. Yeah. America needs to just wake the fuck up and just just understand that neither of these parties are good for you. Period. Yes, they're, they're pitting us against each other. Yes, and sir. and under the umbrella of the blank the blanket term of racism, they're putting poor people against each other. Yep. Right. And you need to just open your eyes and, and realize that Democrats and Republicans, both sides, 
are garbage. Period. They don't care about you. They don't care about your initiatives or anything. They care about keeping in office and they care about lining their own pockets. And if and if what's going down in Virginia is not a wake up call to our uh, great Republican friends, um, y'all need to fucking wake up, man. Uh, and, and we need to start like we need to start hiring and um, 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 electing officials that have not been in this system, that have not been corrupted by that system, uh, period. Because once you're in and once you get to a certain level, you owe people. And when you owe people, like, say goodbye to all those community initiatives and everything. Like, you're, you're, you're paid. You're getting paid. Or you're, you're going to stay in office. And that's all that you care about whenever, you, whenever it's election season. Period. Just pander, uh, pander, pander. We got we to gotta go to a commercial real quick. We'll be right back. guys i have an extra story for you guys today and i'm surprised that they put this story out because they technically shouldn't have put this story out until tomorrow because they're talking about how much money they did for the month of february so obviously that means that nobody is getting raided or taking anything from any of their stores in new york today because We'd be gone. NYC sees $262,000 in marijuana products from unlicensed sellers in February, the sheriff yeah. says. The NYC sheriff's office has been busy weeding out illegal pot dealers in February, seizing more than a quarter million dollars in merchandise from unlicensed retail sellers. Sheriff Anthony Miranda announced on Friday that his office had seized over 34 or has has served over 34 inspections of stores selling marijuana without a license over the past month, leading to the seizure of about $262,000 worth of cannabis uh, plants and uh, plants and edibles. The 34 stores that Miranda's office inspected and made seizures at during February made up a small portion of the over 1,400 shops that there are illegally selling weed and cannabis products across the five boroughs. The sheriff's office has conducted the inspections alongside the NYPD, the fire department, the city department of consumer and worker protections and the state office of cannabis management, which are all part of the cannabis NYC integral enforcement task force. Man, that makes them sound super important. The sheriff said his office also captured $45,000 worth of cigarettes and made two arrests that resulted in the seizures of two guns. Adams Adams convinced the task force in November to combat the scourge of unlicensed weed sellers that have proliferated across the city after the state legalized marijuana nearly two years ago. So far, only three licensed cannabis shops have opened in the city, all within several blocks of each other in lower Manhattan, including one that's outside of the city that the governor recently visited and didn't even buy anything from. Sheriff Miranda said the city is cracking down on these unlicensed pot sellers because the unregulated products they're 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 slinging have the potential to get people sick. 
in a quote, the unregulated businesses present a certain health hazard to all of our communities. Miranda said, we want to protect our communities against getting sick or smoking some product that is mixed with products we don't know about. There are only three legal cannabis locations that have been operational so far in the city, he added. So, so anybody else operating is illegal or unlicensed, he says. Miranda provided the statistics in the first of a new series of briefings that Mayor Eric Adams, uh, Deputy Mayor for Public Safety, Phil Banks, will hold each Friday at noon on the state of public safety in the city. Well, let's mark your calendar, Jeff, every Friday. Friday's briefing coming up will include both updates on public safety from Adams administration officials and a portion where they will take questions from the public. Miranda asked, uh, Miranda said that the task force has conducted 142 inspections overall since it was uh, conveyed a 129% increase and issued 285 violations so far, accounting for over a half a million dollars. Um, it also captured over 8 million in illicit products. Wow, those numbers jumped up real fast from what they're talking about. Um, the sheriff's office has been prioritizing which locations to inspect by looking at where children have reportedly had overdoses or people have gotten sick, as well as those that are closest to schools or houses of worship. He said they're also looking at locations um, that that they hear through community complaints. So basically from snitches. One big problem, Miranda said, is that many of these stories are selling cannabis products placed in packaging that resembles candy and snack foods consumed by children. I mean, is that really the problem, you guys? In a quote, a lot of these locations are packaging toward children, he said. They have Frito-Lays and they have all the major labels that are frequently used by children. In fact, when you go into stores, you'll see that these edible products and candies that they're selling packaged for children are right next to the regular products that the children will often buy and, and, and the sodas as well. Man, these parents. The legislation that legalized weed in New York, dubbed the Marijuana Regulation and Taxation Act, set up the NYS Seeding Opportunity Initiative which is geared towards first gr granting cannabis licenses to, to those that have been impacted by the war on drugs or nonprofits that assist them. So far, it's been all nonprofits that have opened up. Uh, those who called for coming down on illegal sellers have argued that the activities undermine the burgoing legal market by robbing those most impacted by punitive marijuana laws the opportunity to be the first sellers in the new weed market. And a little the NYPD filed a lawsuit in New York City Supreme Court against four East Village stores. The department said its officers have observed illegally selling the substance without a license in some cases to minors. Bragg's office also mailed letters to 400 smoke shops it believes are selling weed illegally, warning they could face eviction if they continue to flout the law. Adams said uh, tackling illegal weed sellers has become a major priority for his administration following an unre uh, unrelated press conference at City Hall on Tuesday. He spoke particularly about the impact that unregulated cannabis sales could have on young people. We are up to about 14,000, 1,500 cannabis illegal cannabis shops. That didn't make any sense. Why he would, how, how that makes sense. The mayor said at the time, and it's not only 
that they are selling illegal cannabis. They're also targeting young people, he says. The children are waking up in the morning, going to the store, getting gummy bears that's laced with marijuana, and then they're going to school to learn, he added. And they're opening up all around us. No, no, no. We are losing our grip, he says, Mayor Adams. Well, I want to see what you guys have to say. And we have Jeff Schultz, who is a lawyer in New York, who is right there on the ground. I mean, you've been watching this whole thing burn to the ground. What is going on out there in New York, Jeff? They lost the grip a long time ago. <laughs> um, a long, this is, it, but it's gotten way, it's gotten way, way out of hand. But couldn't um, say they never had a grip in the first place. They didn't. They didn't. But but we didn't have these uh, the, these you know bodegas or fodegas and these smoke shops selling weed the way that they are um 18 months ago they're 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 everywhere they're on every block it's all over the place there is a distinction that's i think really important to point out here that these stores that opened up since the mrta passed and since we decriminalized cannabis those guys are new they're not legacy they're carpet baggers they're opportunists they're also not generally most of them are not minorities and they weren't in the market two years ago but they're not the legacy players the legacy the legacy market is alive and well no one's saying anything about that. They're in the delivery business. They have been, and they're quietly doing their thing. And no one's saying it. It's fine, right? They're just doing what they're doing. It's these smoke shops that have popped up all over the place. Uh, and that's a different world. So uh, I think don't forget, a, about the the trucks. don't forget about the trucks. <laughs> and the weed world trucks. Yeah, and they're yeah, selling disgusting. Trucks. Most it's just gross. It's like D8 sprayed. Uh, it, Garbage. You know, Boof, whatever it is, it's gross. It smells, it's tastes bad. There is some good product, right? There's definitely some very, you know, some of these shops are selling straight off the truck, uh, burner distro specials from, uh, from Cali, you know, and, and it is what it is. And, and that's a Cali problem, right? It's, that's become a New York problem. Oklahoma has become a New York problem, but, uh, it's different. You know, the, the, it's not the legacy market. They need to issue more licenses. They need to get stores open. That's the only fix. And Jason, we go, we've gone back and forth on this for probably a couple of years. Yeah. And I know your take on it. Um, I think there should be some landlord liability here. I don't think there's going to be a tremendous amount of sympathy for the landlords and fining them for leasing to unlicensed stores. The city's trying to do that through the laws that currently exist, but they could easily, I think, uh, implement some, some new <clears throat> municipal code in the city. Um, and, yeah, but that, uh, didn't, that didn't work out here, Jeff, and they actually passed wow. it as a voter initiative here in L.A. And then then when it came time to enforce, they said they still didn't have the ability to do that. And Jeff, so, Jeff, Jeff, Jeff yeah. uh, um, uh, what, what are your thoughts on uh, uh, Mayor Adams' about face on this whole thing? And he, he, he came out there and he's like, oh, freedom for everybody. And then all of a sudden, ah, maybe I was wrong. Not so much. <laughs> Not so much, right? Like he's in a, Look, he's in a weird spot, right? He's a cop, though. He's a cop. He's a cop. He's a cop. He's a cop, but he's, he's and he's but he's a black cop from Brooklyn. So um, he's, he's, no, he's, no, he's, a, he's a blue cop. He's a blue cop. <laughs> there are no black guy, yes. cops. They're all blue. correct. Correct. So he's oh, in a really man. Wow. He got getting cray cray today. But he uh, look, the, they the, the state. I think it's important to say he's getting pressure also from from a couple of directions. The right. state is backing financially backing the first. 150 uh, social equity, the retail licenses, not the nonprofits, but the justice involved um, social equity licenses. And of the four, of, hold on, yeah, hold on. The, 
Jeff, that's in the fund, though, but they haven't even completed raising the money for that fund. So how do they expect to do that? Yeah. Do you think so they have out? 50 million from the state budget and they've raised 20 million from uh, from private investors. So there's a couple bucks around. Right. But if they're going to if the a theory is they're going to financially back them, they should probably do something about their biggest competition, which is selling, you know, untaxed cannabis. Uh, you can't lock them up. You can't arrest people. We're, we're way past that stage. So, you know, there's, there aren't many good fixes. Landlord liability, I get, doesn't really work. Maybe it will make people think twice about leasing to these shops going forward. Maybe it won't. I, I don't, I don't think there's a great, there's no, there's no silver bullet here. Cats out of the bag. Yeah. Well, yeah, the cat. You know? I mean, I think there's too much sand to shovel it back in the ocean. I don't see how they're going to do. I wonder, you know what? Since yeah. they make all these claims, Jeff, about um, all this contaminated product and all of this and that, I mean, wouldn't a smarter th- what measure of enforcement to go and do controlled buys and then take it to a certified testing lab and prove that it actually has all these harmful things in there? And then they could go. And, and 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 close their store down based on like like you would like a restaurant with a health department kind of thing. They're they're doing that. That ha- there was a small there was a group that did that recently. I don't think it got the the media attention that it that it probably warranted, but I don't think they found that much. You know, they found stuff in some of these, just some heavy metals and some some yeast and mold. But uh, the counter argument has always been to that, like, hey, you know, uh, it's over tested, over regulated anyway. Cannabis, if if the food that we put into our bodies in, in this country was, was tested, regulated the way cannabis was, then maybe nobody in this country would have cancer. Yeah. Right? I don't think that that's no. a, you know, it's an okay argument, but at the end of the day, you got people trying to play by the rules and you got people that don't care. Um, question is, is it really unsafe to smoke some of the untested cannabis? I think it just isn't good from a consumer experience. I mean, you smoked untested cannabis for decades, Jeff. Exactly. So that's the, that is the counter argument, right? Is it really that bad for you? Yeah, when you you add a little capitalism, real capitalism to the mix, all of a sudden you have all the problems we have now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Jason, well, you know, they're going to catch they're going to catch people. They're going to catch these shops. Oh, look at that. Mm -hmm. There you go. Mm -hmm. You got all the merch. Yeah, they're going to catch people selling to kids. You know, I think that's that's where they're going to get get some attention. Save the children. Save the children, bro. It always never stops. But it's a mess. It's it is a it's a terrible mess, bro. It's a terrible mess. I I don't think New York's ever going to be able to clean it up. And you you think they will? What what do you think? How long do you think it'll take them to clear it up if they can get something to go after landlords and actually effectively do that? A couple of years, maybe. You know, maybe they can get something done fast here with that with a with New York City. But you know, people ask me that question Everyone, all the time. What was that? What, what, what sound bite was that, Rico? <laughs> Everyone, we have an announcement to make. Stop bullying! <laughs> <laughs> That's what New York would be doing to all these stores. They'd be bullying them out of business. <laughs> oh, man, it's, it's, I, I, Jeff, I, I, th- I really, I truly thought that New York was going to, you know, be smarter about the rollout and learn. From what the fuck happened here in Los Angeles, but it's just sad to see things. And, and they've been warned. They've been warned. Look, it's when you when you decriminalize something and you don't regulate it simultaneously, you, this is what happens, right? You can't do that. It's cannabis doesn't like lend itself to that. We were coming from a medical market that basically didn't exist. It's a full blown adult use. You want to put equity first. I get that. It's coming at that cost, right? So it's kind of hard to judge all of it. Um, mistakes are being made, but the people who are working uh, in, in the in the agency are trying, right? 
it's the lawmakers who aren't funding the agencies well enough to hire more people and get it going faster. That's really um, the, the issue. It's not the agency right. itself. It's not OCM. The people working at OCM are busting their asses. It's, it's more money. It's more people. They need, they need to, to hustle there. So it, it's not an easy thing to do. I don't know if it ever get fixed, but people ask me all the time. And I said, look, California coexists. It still does $5 billion a year. The legal market, the regulated market does roughly $5 billion a year in revenue. Um, it's still a pretty large market. New York can still be a pretty big market and live side by side with something. But like this, like no one here knows the people that are not in the industry, they walk into smoke shops and like, they don't know that it's not legal. That's, yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, that's how it was. That's what it, how it was like, uh, in 215. Everybody from outside, <laughs> everybody from outside California yeah. thought, oh, this, this is 100% legal. But at the end of the day, you know, capitalism is not conscious. It's a fucking system. <laughs> it's a system and people are, people are making money while they can. Um, yep. and I think they're making as much as they can before they know they're going to get shut down at some point. Right. So you think two years, so 2025, if they can get the steps maybe God. if they can ever i don't think it ever really goes away completely i don't it either. hasn't you know that it's, there we go there we that's that's what i was waiting to hear from the lawyer yeah. it's because it, it, it's foolish it to think that gone. it goes away it yes. hasn't gone exactly. in, in california it's still there yeah yeah Jason, Jason, as long as we can stop it from getting bigger i think that's yeah. the best we could do that's why i wore my blazy susan hat today because i knew we were going to be covering this new york story is very new yorkish yeah, the, 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 the bucket you got the New York bucket fuck it you got exactly. yeah. real real crispy right my rabbit fur Ooh. but uh, thank you all for getting high at 9 with us every Monday through Friday at 9am Pacific and high noon on the East Coast big thank you to our audience and supporters for tuning in daily and listening to the insanity that is the developing cannabis industry thank you to all of our haters for always talking and thinking about us because we have the most immaculate pieces of property rent free and probably even licensed with dispensaries doing insane numbers every day inside of your head. Thank you to True Classic, iSpire, Wizard Trees, DNA Genetics, and LAXCC for always rocking with us. And thank you to our correspondents for being truly amazing. Thank you all to Cannabis for giving us a reason to do this. And thank you to Cloud Media Partners, House of Fuego, Green Street, and Zaza Simone Brown holding it down in Clubhouse while we create and bring you the news on a daily basis thank you all for tuning in and getting high at nine with us it's america's number one daily cannabis news show